What up? Back again. It's a Monday. This is coming out on a Wednesday, so I hope your week's going well. It's another episode of Between Two Posts, B2P Podcast. It's Everett, alongside Evan Payne, who's working at the rink, alongside Connor Reichman, who's putting in a long day at the Vaughn Canada office, and the one and only Evan Moyes. Um, I'm not even going to ask you guys how you are because Moiser, I got to ask, I got you to, I, I need you to air this out. Zach Bryan is now dating. I don't know. Internet personality, Brianna chicken fry. Thoughts? No, no thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, Evan Moyes. I don't know. Not a fan. It happens. Just not a fan dude. Okay. But have you the heard one that got that? away? Ev, is this the one that got away? No. Do you know who chicken fry is? Yeah, I know chicken fried is, okay. but like, it was like she on the radar or what? I I don't know, but I mean, she's just I don't like her. I, I liked her stuff before she started dating Zach Bryan, and now I just feel like it's a bomb waiting to go off. And I told I told you guys in the group chat, I'm like at the, at the very least of this, when they break up, hopefully there's some good music coming out of it, right? Fire, dude! Did you guys hear that Oliver Anthony guy yet? Huh? Have you heard that Oliver Anthony guy that just like blew up overnight yet? Why is that blowing up? Can you explain to that? I his, anthem. The one the one song is fucking awesome. He just like he's just shredding politicians and like everything that's wrong with America and people that like just sit on welfare and it's just I don't know. Perfect. Just American as hell. And I, I think everyone's so sad about Zach Bryan. They're looking for another another uh avenue. So with that question being said, are you off the Zach Bryan train? No, not at all. I mean, I love the guy. He's sick. And to be honest with you, what he does in his personal time, that's his choice. Okay. Good for him as long as he keeps putting out some good tunes. Okay. But you know what? You know what? It does. Moiser's just... keeping the gate open. Yeah, I'm opening the gate. But it does frustrate me. Like, you got a song where you're talking about how, like, you hate uh, people on TikTok and shit like that. And then you go and date a TikTok star. Come on, man. Be better. Look. Tough luck. Now she did say that he slid into her DMs. Do you think that's true, or do you think she went after him? Need to hear his riz, dude. I don't know. That's a good question. I yeah. don't know. The other thing that I have is uh, chicken fry, Zach Bryan. Oh, have you heard about the overlap, Evan? Okay. In like hockey? No, the overlap of her. So she was dating somebody up until the moment she apparently had met Zach Bryan Uh in the sense that she was actually at his show, which was in New York City or I don't know. She went to a show near New York City, whether it was in there or not. She went and got on stage like in the back or whatever, where they put, I don't know, VIPs or some shit. But her and her boyfriend were at that show together. They split, Uh-oh. and Zach Bryan walked right into the picture afterwards. So, do you think he mm. split them up? Do you think she dished her ex boyfriend? She got dumped. She did. How do you know if that? I'm not mistaken. While well, you eat pineapple, I may or may not get the clips on TikTok. Okay, so he's... or partially listen to the podcast sometimes. Are you a BFFs fan? Air it when out, it Painter. Started, yeah. Air it out, brother. Man, I listen to a lot of podcasts. You're a child. I forget how young you are. <laughs> Unbelievable. Dude, I hit the podcast well. Once, like, the podcast I listen to, I can't, like, keep listening to episodes. So I just kind of, like, throw a stone out there, and I got to find something that will keep me entertained while I play video games. Okay. And that's the one you went with? It was one of them. Okay. Interesting choice, Painter. 
been well, hitting Joe we'll Rogan recently too. Oh boy. <laughs> we are in some sort of place, aren't we, Painter? <laughs> Get, we're getting into the dog days here. Stuff. Um anyways, Connor, how are you? Uh, look, you, you said it right off the bat. Long day at the office. That time of year, everything's winding down. I am hoping. Keyword hoping. So uh, I got another road trip coming up right when we finish this intro. So we're where, uh, we're working. Where are, going, where are you going tonight? I gotta go to Bradford. Dude, you're an animal. Never stops. Hockey never sleeps. Where's Bradford? What team plays out of there? There's no team in Bradford. There's just a goaltending development skate. Which is a team there. in Bradford. There's OHL some OHL okay. uh, kids there. Some that I may or may not be allowed to voice okay because they have not announced their contracts yet but they will be in what's the, the bradford bulls no that is a outlaw league GMHL. GMHL. That is, yeah that is a horrific junior league. i'm gonna come out on the record and say that league is garbage oh i i back it i i completely second it yeah that I'm league completely. is absolutely trash are, are we getting our one boy into some bond gear finally uh, we're hoping we're gonna find out. Need it for the program. Yep. Um, Moiser, you got anything new? Not really. I haven't been doing a whole lot. Just working. Oh, you've been driving that jackliff thing a lot, dude. Cherry picker? Is that what that is? Yeah, just like a man lift. I've been spending a lot of time on that. Where the thing. hell did you even get one of those? I did. One of my dad's buddies had it. And he's done with it, so my dad bought it off him. And now, like everything, everything that we needed to do a pie, that like we've just been putting off because we didn't want to set up scaffolding or do it on a ladder. We've just been knocking it out. Like I went over his man. It's so funny. My one of Will's buddies owns like an excavating company. He's got like one of those four big like low boy trailers or whatever. So we just shut we just shut down Bagley Road every time we like the main road in our town. Every time we got to move it and just like drive it up on there. But yeah. uh, no, it's it's been funny. I mean, like I went over, I took it to my parents' house, and my dad had me pressure wash. Like I mean, they they have my dad has like a big like three story like turret tower on his house. I had to go like up there pressure wash like all the way down. I pressure washed the whole house, and now. We've got new like perimeter netting for the uh, volleyball courts outside, so I've been working on getting that done. But just like, like, dude, it's it's actually crazy how funny they are to drive, and just like, I don't know, just a different, a different, a nice change of pace, a nice change of pace, rather than lifting or shoveling or doing some really crazy manual labor. At least I just get to stand in the bucket of that thing and work on something right in front of me. I just love uh, Connor. Do you have a Moiser on Snap? I don't think I do, actually. Bad team that. cam. Yeah, we got we got to change. We'll change, change, change it. Uh, but I, I, every day I get a snap from Moiser, and he's just <laughs> the camera's just bouncing around in this fucking cherry picker box. There's some crazy video like that. There's like these accounts on Instagram. They're called like OSHA is this safe and like OSHA violation set. Like just funny, funny accounts. Yeah. And those things will turn into catapults. Like if you if you have it all the way out <laughs> and you hit a bump the wrong way, dude, you're you are flying. It legitimately turns you into a catapult. And uh 
like even when when you put the boom all the way out and you're spinning like the base so like if the boom like if the boom extends all the way out and then you spin the base because there's so much more weight at the end far away from the base now you just like swing and like you stop like the 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 arm stops but you keep going just like the inertia of it they're actually dangerous as hell you got to be really careful on them but hard hat not required not required <laughs> you osha certified there moiser absolutely not I'm i pretty, am i don't know <laughs> absolutely not I don't know if you need a. I don't think you do. I think CDLs are, are for anything over twenty five thousand pounds, something like that. And this is seventeen, so you can get away with it. You can't haul. I couldn't haul it because I think ten thousand pounds is anything you're hauling. But just so funny, and it's nice. It's a nice little change of pace. Just to, and every time, every time you start, it's diesel. So every time you start it up, you get the oh, nice. Boop, 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 boop. The nice, satisfying rolling coal coming out of her. Rolling coal, brother. Rolling coal. <laughs> um, love it. Real quick before I start talking, oh, is Painter with a customer? Painter's with a customer, so we're gonna move on yeah, here. Yeah, indecisive child. Oh, okay, good. Blow my brains out. Yeah, tell him to take a hike. <laughs> um, did you guys all see the the uh, Simon Rubik video that got put out? Who's that? He plays overseas in the K. Want my pads like that, Max? Oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. There it is. Oh, my God. I did see that. Yeah. You want to talk about how crazy that is? Is Vaughn still soft, huh? Is Vaughn the softest pad out there, huh? You want to talk about something? Yeah, look. That's news. Making that pad is unbelievable. What factory made those? Which one of your guys' factory made those? That's American made, baby. No surprise there. That's American made. Asterix, asterix, asterix. No, no surprise. American made. Asterix, um, on that one though. Anyways, I was looking for goalie news and I was looking for gear news, but I don't really see anything that's popped off. Do you guys have anything hockey related? Uh, look, I think it's been quiet right now for the time being, but. That being said, there's going to be some guys with some gear at the start of uh, that you're probably going to see within the near future that is looking pretty spicy coming out of the Lundo factory for sure. I'm excited to see that. I am. Yeah. Connor, I think you, some of your the the ideas that your brain draws up are very exciting. Um, I think you're very ingenuitive. I think that's a word. I think you're very creative is what I'm trying to get to. So we're excited to see that. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be great. The Ontario Hockey League camp start end of August. I think the dub, dub starts same time. We're yep. like right around the corner from hockey season. Quebec League, you're a felony if you fight now. Is that what well, people are talking about? Yeah, well, it's uh, what is, I think it's like. Well, they just like man. I think the government, right? The way I understand it is the government mandated it's like a automatic ejection and two game suspension if you fight. Yeah, they're they're making, they're just kicking kids out of the game now. So there was like a, an A option or a B option, and the B option was that they wear cages, <laughs> and we all know three letter leagues are not going to wear cages. That's a fact. So, well, they took five the. Can't win them all. Um, 
And the A option was just the fact that every time they get in a fight, they're going to get ejected. And if they have multiple offenses, then it's just going to get worse and worse as they continue to fight. The thing I saw that it was like one of it was like one of the videos, like hockey fights posted on Instagram or something like that. It was just some guy getting speed bagged, and it was just yeah. the, the caption was like OHL and WHL guys fighting QM Q guys in the uh, Memorial Cup or whatever. And it was just <laughs> it was just one guy absolutely speed bagging another guy. Yeah, getting dummied. Um, you guys, Chicklets Cup came out. Do you guys got any friends that are gonna go? Yeah, one. His name's Everett. <laughs> to be honest, I was. but B2P uh, team. I was going to go run it back and win another cup, but unfortunately, that is the same weekend as my birthday. Where uh, is that at this year? Uh, Buffalo. Oh, it's in Buff, yeah. Yeah. So it's actually like their spot's pretty cool, and I would have liked to do it because you do one roller games indoor, and like you get to clean concrete, do a couple pad stacks, throw a couple windmills out there, uh, and then lift cup. But... Uh, you know, I got, I'm, that's my birthday turning 30. So I got a lot of decisions to make leading up into that day, whether or not I'm going to want to continue this venture. Um, so that's kind of pressing on my mind, but yeah, uh, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully they do another one. Cause I would like to get us all together. If it's in a decent spot, ideally Detroit, everyone comes into town and we can crash at my place and fucking have a time. And so. I just go absolute cheddar. Yeah. I just want to see Evan Moyes trying to fight guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't got you don't got to wear a helmet. It's street hockey. You don't have to. You just wear shorts, shins. Oh. Yeah. And you just go mitts with somebody immediately. But yeah. the problem is, uh, just forewarning, the jerseys are big and baggy because they they come from the ugly sweater company or whatever they're called. So when you go to Madeline. get on a guy, you'll still end up like six feet away from them. So. Yeah, exactly. Beer League sweaters. Associated. Yeah, Beer League sweaters. Yeah. Mitch, Mitch has one of the Mitch. I had to wear one of Mitch's when we. I just do like one of the him and the other coin manager, like run a skate. Yeah. So, and uh, Mitch had one of his, and dude, that thing was like baby gas. It was the sh- tiniest, tightest little jersey I've ever worn in my life. And Mitch is like my size, if not bigger. I couldn't believe it. So what you're saying is he likes to wear his jerseys tight and show off his muscles. Well, I think yeah. it was just the sizing of that. <laughs> Um, well, I think that's all I got. I really wanted to just get, get your thoughts on Zach Brown and Brianna chicken fry, but <laughs> yeah, he's impartial. I mean, can we, can we maybe elaborate on the fact that she's dating a guy named Zach? Okay. Zach Brown, not Brian. Zach Brown has a song called chicken fried. Like, is this maybe a planned event or something? Like, is this maybe some sort of weird fetish that she's got going on that she just has to explore what were you saying moiser there's a glitch in the matrix seriously i don't think she's found out yet. someone threw a two instead of the ones now it's all fucky <laughs> yeah painter yeah painter <laughs> i'm pretty sure that chicken fried girl is from ohio that I would explain so. a lot actually i think so um well, anywho, that's all I got this week, folks. You guys got anything else? We wrapping? No, Moving we're ready on. to go. We're dialed. Um, got choo choo on. Like choo choo, baby. Exactly. Like, follow, subscribe. Tell one friend about us. Tell them to subscribe, and they'll get Spotify updates or whatever it is updates every time we release a new episode. No sorry, friend, we friend. Missed, sorry, we missed you last week. Um, we had some issues popping up, but that episode may be 
it may be allowed to that might clear for next week so uh that's some good news and it's a great episode uh and then we'll go from there like follow subscribe check out drip drop uh code is in the bio get 15 percent off or something like that and uh we'll talk to you next week see ya all the way from waterford ontario she stands at a five foot and seven inches she's a recipient of the governor general's academic medal she wears number 29 for the toronto sixers and just last season, Premier Hockey Federation, Isabel Cup champion, everybody welcome to the pod, Elaine Truly. Elaine, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Just trying. <laughs> it's a loaded question, but just trying yeah. to survive summer. I like your background. That's good. Oh, do you, do you recognize that? Oh, yeah. I do. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, that is cool. Something memorable? Something memorable? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. First question here, Elaine. Uh, I saw when I was, you know, creeping around trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about um, amongst all the other things that we had noted down. You're a CPA. Is that is that correct? That is correct. Yes. Where did you find the time to do your master's for accounting? That's a good question. Uh, I just kind of <laughs> I just kind of fit it in after I like I went to school in the States, obviously. So that made it a little uh, more difficult because like tax and uh, law and stuff is different, different in Canada. But uh, I just kind of like plugged away at the courses when I could through CPA Ontario. And then, yeah, before I knew it, it was, I was done. So. Um, hey, let's just casually throw in there that, I mean, we have multiple student athletes, ex student athletes on here. And she just casually says, yeah, I fit it in there. <laughs> Like there's no, there's no such thing as fitting it in there. Like you are absolutely going to the grindstone trying to get this done. Well, yeah, that's fair. (laughs) It's it's incredible because one of my roommates in college, uh, their CPA now they went and did accounting and everything. So not only is like that four year hard, so you didn't take a blow off major like forestry or something goofy while you were at UConn. Basket weaving. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Basket weaving. Um, but then you, you had to have finished. Did you do that while you were in China with the Rays? Yes. So I started. So, yeah, when I came back home, I started working at an accounting firm uh, in Brantford, Ontario. And I wasn't like we weren't making very much money to play hockey. And actually, I didn't even play that first year because I had had um, like surgery. Okay. So I was off for the year. And uh, and then so I started working at an accounting firm. So I started taking some some courses then. And then, yeah, when I went to China that next year, I quit at the accounting firm, but I kept taking my kept taking my courses. So a bit accounting, of an accounting firm or pro hockey. I mean, yeah, that's uh, what I was like. Out. I can always do accounting, but I can't always play professional hockey. So a little bit of a non-traditional way to get the CPA designation, but it worked. So whatever it, it takes to get it done. Now. Yeah, throwing, throwing an accounting. Throwing accounting in there, just casually throwing it in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I did miss that. So that's my mistake. But you had 15, 16 was your last year at UConn. And then you yeah. had the 16, 17. And unfortunately, I mean, the timing of it was good because obviously you win an Isabel Cup. But had you been a part of like the COVID years, you would have got like that extra fifth year for free and done your CP at school or any school. I know. Yeah, that would have been that would have been nice, too. But I don't know the whole COVID thing. I was kind of glad to be done with school. Yeah, um, that's the way the <laughs> that rolled around. Sure. That's definitely well. Good. Actually, I was still doing my CPA in 
during COVID. Or no, I finished it in 2019. Jesus. My last exam. Yeah. I can't. So where were you there? Let me go back here. So in 2019, you're, you're, you're playing. Yeah. So I was with the Toronto Furies and then we found out the CWHL was folding. And yeah. then that summer I was taking like my leave from work to study for the CT. Um, so it was actually kind of good timing because I didn't, it was, yeah, it was actually perfect timing because I wrote my, my final exam in 2019, like September. And um, there wasn't really much like hockey going on then. Cause like I said, the CWHL folded and then the PWHPA started and all that. So um and then you need 30 months of work experience on top of that exam to get it. <laughs> so I didn't actually get it, the papers until like, uh, it was 2021, I believe. Hey, you got to love Canadian minimum requirements. Like, yeah, absolutely yeah. bonkers to get certification. <laughs> but you go to the US, it's like, hey, sign this piece of paper and you're free sailing. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, I was like, shoot, I wish I would have taken it, um, my CPA exam in the States because like, all the people I went to school with were done so much faster. Yeah, count like, to five. Oh. Can you count to five? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're good to go. Yeah, you're good. Uh, take these four tests. You can take them like in like you know a quick amount of time. Where here it was like kind of a gong show. But anyways, you're, I'm glad I mean, to put that behind me. Yeah, bottom bottom line, you're an animal for being able to pull that off. So fiend. Yeah, a lot of credit. Oh, thank you. Um, I do have a question now because you brought it up. You write the exam. Like that's only a Canadian thing. I think Evan, you never said that. Like you take exams in the U S right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you never you write that. an exam. I never, well, I should say it. I have drank my milk out of bags just because I lived in Ottawa. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and, uh, what's the, what's another, what have a shower. Do you guys say have a shower or have a nap? Yeah, You don't have a yeah, shower. Yeah. You don't have a have nap. A shower. Take one. Oh <laughs> no. Like, have. Yeah. Have a nap. I'm gonna have a nap, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Canadian intricacies. All right, Elena, I gotta get to know you a little bit more. So uh the first question I have for you, what's your favorite Dr. Seuss book? Great question. Oh my goodness. I think I was that that is just a difficult question. I think I was deprived of Dr. Seuss as a like Did all I can think of is like No, I don't know. I don't I guess I just get <laughs> North Korea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like the only one I can remember is Cat in the Hat. Okay. Like I think that's the only one I have. You you guys never got the classic one fish, two fish? Like I know that Guys. one, but I don't remember it as a green, kid. Green, green eggs and ham. Green eggs and ham. Green eggs that and one. ham is the only answer. Hop on okay. pop. <laughs> um that one's good too. Okay. Uh paper or plastic? For like a straw or pa <laughs> paper or plastic. Uh, I'm going to have to go with plastic. Okay. So we're crossing turtles off this list. Uh, beach <laughs> or pool? Oh, geez. Uh, beach. I'm going to go with the beach. Got it. Uh, Starbucks, Dunkin' or Tim's? Oh, this is a toughie. She spent yeah. time out east. Bit of a Yes, I did. Dunkin' started my coffee journey out going to school out east. But then... God bless the USA. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with like starbucks but only the nitro brew otherwise i'm like a cappuccino like i make my own espresso so otherwise i'm a bit of a Elaine, th this only hurts me a little bit okay sorry <laughs> or i could go for like a timmy's like hot coffee like with two creams that sounded but like such a double double answer. baby that was such no a i don't do the double Connor. double 
<laughs> but uh, I do open. like a Timmy Todd coffee. I do. But if I'm going anything like I, it depends what I'm getting. If, I want if you need coffee. jet fuel, you go to Tim's, baby. That's the only spot. Would you, you get go the to. red eye? No. No, I'm. No. <laughs> you Connor, not my Tim Hortons order because Ev will lose his marbles over there. Yeah, give I, us. I drop, flip mine upside drop. down, turn it sideways. About seven twenty, about eight sugars in there. <laughs> Call it a day. No, I'm I'm a uh, steep tea double double guy. Okay. And whenever I went to Tim Hortons and we ordered that, the lady that we had at the window, God bless her absolutely <laughs> blew our eardrums out and Ev was with us and he's like like where am i and why is this lady out of the cage like put her back in <laughs> london ontario in a nutshell yeah london ontario we got the cat we got the cats out of the cage she's losing it <laughs> is that when they what was the guy doing on the bike i remember what was the story oh we, yeah we had we look when, <laughs> when you're in london ontario the creatures are out of the zoo at full force in the summertime okay and this guy on a bike I'm pretty sure he had his arm tied still with the needle still in it. Oh, wow. Riding into oncoming traffic and just having the time of his life on this bike. And like we came pretty close to making contact with this but, animal. But when you say in the un oncoming traffic, they weren't like in the curb. They weren't like in the sewer in a bike lane. They were literally right down the pipe in the middle on the <laughs> yeah. double yellow just like and not even like riding straight like a like a, a bike rider or like a racer like no hands just kind of like weaving Look, left to right really feeling, feeling it out. good i'm yeah. telling you he's feeling like a million bucks on this bike and he is swerving left right and center <laughs> i believe it Bramford's probably just as bad <laughs> <laughs> um truly uh lake or ocean i'm going to have to go with lake yeah. great answer yeah, yeah that's a canadian right, answer yeah, yeah. Um, what do we got? Oh, what's your fave cheat meal? That's a good question. Pizza. Okay. Where with from? like creamy garlic sauce. Oh, okay. Now, okay. Wait, question, question, side note. Were you a creamy garlic before you went to the States or was it after you went to the States? No, it was before because the, the pizza shop that my, near my parents' house in Waterford had Heinz creamy garlic. Thought, I feel so like the Midwest it. changed my life with pizza. I never had dip with pizza until I was in Wisconsin and they always have ranch always. Oh, yeah. So like I now just lather my pizza in ranch and I can't eat it any other way. Yeah. Ranch is, ranch works too. If there's no creamy garlic, I'll get ranch. Yeah. If you're trying to get a staple Midwestern body ranch goes on everything. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your favorite uh, movie right now? Okay. This is going to sound really stupid, but I don't watch movies. Okay. At all. I don't know why. No, not really. Like, I thought Air was probably the last movie I saw, but I I just, I don't know. I can't, I can't get into them. I don't know why. What did you think of Air? I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it, like, I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I can't get into, like, things that I know aren't real. What are we talking no, about? I'm sorry. I switched back to the movie comment. Like right. air is based on a true story. I mean, I'm sure there's some, I don't know how much of it was like bang on, but movies in general, I can't really get into things that aren't real. Wait, but, so you're telling me like miracle wasn't a movie for you? It's yeah. So yeah, no, I, I mean fair, but like, I don't, 
I don't know. I just there's no movie that I'm like crazy over. Okay. Or well, shows. So if the next question is okay. what's your favorite show? <laughs> yeah, Nick's that. I wasn't gonna ask that. Um uh did you have a MySpace? I, I we we interview a lot of people that are younger than me, as in Connor and Evan and even Painter's age, and they don't know what MySpace or AIM was. I did not have a MySpace, no. Oh, I know what it is, but I didn't have yeah, one. Okay. I'm on an island. Uh, and then last question here, Elaine, answer this as truthfully as you can, please. Uh, do you have any thoughts or fears on turning 30? Mm. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, I wasn't expecting that. You're on the record. I would say, like, if I think about it, yeah, like a little bit of a, like, holy crap, I'm going to be 30, but... I'm like, I, I try not to think about it too much and I'm just trying to, you know, enjoy every day and like not let the eight, the number like define, you know, okay. I, I feel the same as I did when I was 20. So I'm not too worried about it. I I mean, you, you have a long ways to go cause you're not till next May. So you're pretty fresh into the 29. I, I'm, I'm pretty I'm, fresh as 29. Are you 30? No, uh, October I turned 30, but I don't know if, oh, so this, I, this, I might pull the shoot it before you. that, so so I can never have to say that I turn thirty. But well, that's well, how all. How do up you in there. how do you feel about turning thirty? Oh, petrified. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Survival <laughs> like mode. Like I said, October eighth. I don't know. If, I don't know if we're gonna be able to see that day, but we'll see. It's it's all a big feel out. Um, so I yeah. think you'll be all right. Th that's what you think. I appreciate those kind of thoughts. I need them. <laughs> I need them. Um, where did oh. So I wanted to ask Elaine. So you played in the WP or PWHL. So that's something we don't have here because it's like a women's development league going into school, right? College. Yes. Yes. Now, with that being said, did you have? Because you go, do you play an eighteen U year before you do that? We're gonna take a quick break to talk about our new partner, Drip Drop. Are you looking for the fastest way to rehydrate? We'll look no further than Drip Drop, breakthrough rehydration that keeps you going. Packed with key electrolytes, vitamins, and minerals to help you dig deeper, go longer, and do more of what you love. Try it today and feel the difference. Learn more at DripDrop.com and check us out on our Instagram page at B2P Podcast for a discount code also in the episode description below on wherever you're listening to your favorite podcasts. Now, let's head back to the episode. So I've gotten so confused because they've changed everything to like the age numbers. Like we just called it midget and junior. Okay. I don't know. So I'm okay. So midget, I'm guessing would have been the 18 U. Yeah. I think. So yeah, I played midget in grade nine and 10. And then I played in the PWHL in grade 11 and 12, which is technically like under 21 or 22, something like that. Oh, so you um, went pretty early going into that. Yeah. Sweet. Because then right out of high school, like in high school, what grade 12, you're like 18. Yeah. Yeah. And then I didn't take like a post year or whatever gap year. So I just went right to school. So it's pretty much just like the midget or what I don't even know what they call it now. It's something different, but it's just basically like a tier one and a tier two because all the girls are basically somewhere in high school. Right. Yeah, you don't have like twenty year old, twenty one year old girls really playing. At least when I was playing in that league, because yeah. most of them were already off of school. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it's basically just like a tier one, tier two thing. For sure. That makes sense. Now, before you walked into Stony Creek and played there, were you playing boys or co-ed hockey or were you doing girls mostly growing up? Like that's no, always my I interesting played, question. Yeah, I played boys AAA in Brantford uh, for the 99ers. We weren't very good. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we uh, Yeah, we were in the Alliance hockey or whatever. Us in, I think it was Hamilton. We, we, weren't, we weren't very strong. Windsor was pretty bad too. Um, but yeah, I played that for grade six and seven so i think it was minor and major peewee and then i don't know why i left i hindsight like i probably would have stayed longer in the boys game um Mm -hmm. but once i went into grade eight i went over to sony creek i don't know really why i did it at the time but i I mean it worked out but you know the boys game's fun too yeah everything panned out um so going to uconn my first experience there, it's really in the middle of nowhere. Is that safe to say? Or do you take offense to that? No, I don't take offense to that. It is. Um, it is. In, it's like kind of like you're driving out, like in the farmland and then all of a sudden there's like a massive school with like its own, not it's not a city or its own town, basically. Wait, like, how, how far is it? From, we played UConn my freshman and sophomore year, I think. How far is it from the rink to the boy the hartford rink uh it's like 30 minutes really Where did you go to school ohio state the oh, ohio okay, state cool. baby <laughs> um it's like but they just built that a brand new rink at yukon like it just finished i think they just got into it around like christmas time so it's beautiful it's beautiful do you know were you there when uh wyatt new power was on the boys team um we might have crossed over for one year, but I I don't think so. I think he was a freshman after I left. I was he, he just had his wedding out there in Hartford, and we drove by the the rink, like the new rink, and it. Looks yeah, like- then I haven't seen it in person, but I mean, I've heard. I don't know. The locker rooms look stunning, right. um, but yeah, now I guess the men play out of there too. No, it's beautiful. When I started at UConn, the men played, we all played out of that, the Freedis there beside it. They were in like the, um, the men, they were in a different division. Oh yeah. It was like, uh, a- I forget which one, like they played like Canisius and I don't know, whatever, whatever division that is. Were the they Atlantic, in the Atlantic? Maybe. Yeah. I think they start, I think they started in, cause Atlantic used to be really weird. Well, it still is kind of weird, but <laughs> they used to be really weird where I don't know. Like Mercyhurst, like they had like, and then they moved to hockey. So I can't, I think it was my second year. Um, and then they didn't have it, didn't have enough seats for them at that ring. So that's when they started driving to Hartford. Um, oh yeah. Cause you have to have men capacity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but getting back to your time at UConn, I wanted to ask first, did you have many run-ins with camps? Chris, I campo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yes um i don't know some days i think i was on his good side and other days i think he hated me yeah 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 what uh what was your fondest memory of camps because he's a pretty he's an out there guy really yeah so i tried not to go back there to the equipment room very often because (laughs) i didn't want to get it clearly she's got some horror stories coming up (laughs) 
Yeah, well, they're just like they they him and his brother run a tight ship. So his brother Mike, um, like was I don't know what you call it, like the rink manager. What like I don't like he drove the oh, Zamboni. Like he was, and the two of them there. Yeah, you were like, I would be scared going in to ask for a new undershirt. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we deal a lot with camps obviously, cause he does a lot of the ordering for UConn, but he's a beauty, unreal guy. Every time we show up there, well, Scotty mainly goes, but the two times I was there, it's always a trip to the dairy mart and get a milkshake. Unbelievable. Yeah. Spot. yeah. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's a good guy, but you can see how he, he can get, he can be intimidating a bit as well. <laughs> he, he takes things very seriously. So he's dialed in. <laughs> he is ship, dialed in. Yeah. Being at UConn, though, for that many years and like the basketball team and the school kind of really uh, athletic wise, finding a lot of success. I mean, I watched uh, I just watched the untold about Johnny Manziel and like I've always known this, but they put a number on it. Millions and millions of dollars. Athletic programs drive schools, right? Basketball teams do well, football, hockey teams. They bring in students. They bring in dollars, donations, things like that. Obviously, that's partially why UConn gets a new rink and new facilities and stuff. Um so looking back at your time at UConn, uh, you have the most sa- uh, saves in program history at 3,467. And you shattered the program single game saves record, which was yeah, also previously <laughs> held by you with uh, 69 saves in uh, game two nice. against UNH. So like you lit it up there. But looking back at UConn, what were some of your favorite memories? I think just. Honestly, I love the campus. I don't know. It sound, probably sounds stupid, but like, I just, I, I love like the environment. Like I like sports. So being able to go watch the men's and women's basketball, my uh, sophomore year, the men and women won the national championship at basketball. So campus was like crazy. The football was DY, but they weren't, they weren't as strong, but it was still fun to go, go watch those games. So honestly, I think just like meeting all the other athletes and, Kind of like you just feel like you're in like a little community, um, a sports community there. Uh, and then the academics are good too. But I, I'm not sure those save records are necessarily a good thing. We back in the day, we gave up our fair share of, uh, of shots a game. Like I think at my one point, I was averaging like 40 against a game, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I, I just overall, I really, I really love the school. And I would, I would go back for four more years uh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. And I mean, in terms of development for a goalie, I, uh, you know, you don't want to see 40 shots, but it's not a bad thing. I guess you're going to get yeah. better. Hopefully. <laughs> but there is that thing where like, if you, if you have that many shots, there's like no way you're not in the game. So then yeah. sometimes when you see like 20, like post college, cause I don't even think I ever saw it maybe one time in four years that I see 20 shots, but like after school, it's kind of like a different mind, not a different mindset, but it just feels different playing in a game where there's, maybe only 20, 15 to 25 shots. Um, But yeah, it definitely was good for my development. I got to, I was fortunate to, to start all four years. So I think that helped too, just like playing, playing a lot of games. Right. For sure. Um, The one thing I did want to ask that I'm curious, because now you went from being a part of a college, you know, doing athletics at school, but when you're on a team, and you're going to workouts and you're getting treatment, you're around a lot of other teams, like, you know, women's basketball and stuff like that. So like you said, you start to build up a sense of community. You have a lot more friends than just your hockey team. But when you leave and then you go back to pro, your circle kind of shrinks, right? Did you miss that at all once you left school? 
Yeah, I did. I did miss that because it's just cool to like hang out with yeah other athletes and like a lot of them now are in like the WNBA and stuff. Um, so I remember after my uh, senior year, I had my surgery and then I was doing my rehab with there was a couple of girls there on the women's basketball team that were rehabbing injuries as well. So like with you're with people like like Kia Nurse and and those type of girls, I just was like it's cool to just like interact with them. And then like you said, when you leave. It's just back to back to your hockey. Um, so yeah, I definitely do miss that. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those aspects you kind of look at uh, from the college hockey side. You don't really get that with major junior, obviously, but it's uh, one of those added benefits, like you said, having that source of community, being a part of the school, and having you know you going to basketball games, basketball players coming to watch you, and stuff like that. So. I think it's pretty interesting, but I did want to jump to, because you went to play for the Rays out in Shenzhen, like how unbelievable was that? Maybe it wasn't. What was that experience? No, it was. Like? It was. Cause like you yeah, get to go to cool. a whole new country and this is before shit hit the fan, you know, <laughs> big time. And, yeah. Uh, interesting, interesting timing. What was Shenzhen yeah. like? Oh, I loved it. It was, it was so much fun. Again, like we were getting paid to just play hockey and, um, help develop the Chinese national players. So that was, yeah, something I'll never forget for sure. Um, a bit of a culture shock at first, just with, you know, I, I remember we, we literally were, um, we landed in Hong Kong and then we drove over the border. Like, and then one of my teammates went in to go to the bathroom and she came running out. Guys, there's no toilet. What do I do? And we just, just stuff like that where you'll just like never forget uh never forget that but no it was it was so cool we had like good turnout uh, at our games and like i said we were getting paid to, to just play hockey well i guess i was being a little bit of school too but everything was great run for jet lag that going back and forth was tough i feel like there was some some times where we would <clears throat> like fly back and then if we had to play two days later like you weren't really able to like track anything you kind of just were hoping things hit you because you just weren't uh things weren't so clear after a 12-hour time change so yeah that's understandable um and that is one of those things because that was only the furthest team well it's the only out of country team because everything else was left with the c-dub in uh in canada and the u.s so that's one of those questions like man like it, it is great having another team but being all the way in china man it's fucking it's tough Travel's yeah it was the travel was not ideal, uh, uh, but we did get to fly first first class. So it did help. You could at least lay down. Oh, that's not bad fine. then. Little bit, yeah. little lay down seat. Get your own little yeah. cubby and everything. Yeah, a little you nap. Imagine how many road trips you guys had to do. When I mean, how long was the flight? Uh, it was twelve. Uh, no, shoot, it was like twelve or fifteen hours. I for some reason I can't. I think it was fifteen. Just like. 20 road trips a year, 15 yeah. hours sitting straight up on a plane. I think I'd go insane. Um, yeah, a couple times because the next year I played in Toronto and had to fly to China and we were not flying first class. So we were literally just sitting straight up in your chair. <laughs> uh, yeah, 15 hours and 20 minutes. I just Googled it. That's definitely good for the back. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, really good for start before a game. Yeah, good for your hips. They felt really good the next time you stepped on the ice. We uh, we've talked to a couple of people that have played overseas in China for like K teams and stuff like that. 
I mean, outside of playing, did you get to travel a lot? Did you get to see sites? Did they take you to Hong Kong? Did you get to see any cool stuff? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like um, for Chinese New Year, we went to Thailand. It was like a two hour flight and maybe an hour time difference. So I don't know, like being here now to fly to Thailand, it's like the 12 hour time change and it's like the 15 hour flight. So being over there was pretty cool that it was so close. And then we flew up to Beijing. Uh, I did like a big hike up the Great Wall of China. So that was cool. Oh, how um, sick was that? Yeah, that was unreal. That was, that was, yeah. I don't know if I'll ever top that trip. That was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Cause that's just uh, one how, of those how places. Long, how yeah, long is that hike? Like, so there's so many different ones we did. Yeah. I just went on, I forget what the website was called and got this excursion. And it was basically the guy just picked you up in your hotel in a, maybe it was sketchy i'm not really sure but whatever we paid for it we went but it was they pick you up in this car and then they drive you two hours from so we flew to beijing so they picked you up drive you uh it was like an hour or two drive um but he's like a local so he can like he knows where to go and like he'll pay like we started the hike in the unrestored section so so much of the great wall has been like revamped and fixed um, but we were in spots that like you weren't supposed to be in and he was like paying off like farmers to be like, Hey, can we like drive through here? And then we got to the spot and then we started, then we hiked up the whole hike was 10 kilometers, but you could do like, I don't know. You could really do whatever you want. You could drive to a spot at the great wall and just like hike and just walk up to it. But we like hiked up to it and then hiked across it to another section and then got picked up somewhere else. Um, and so he cool. like led us through. We had like our yeah, own that's personal. unbelievable. Yeah, because a lot of people will just like there's some like definitely really touristy spots where like there'll be a ton of people, um, but they're not like they're kind of just like walking up to the wall instead of like walking along the wall. If that makes sense, right? You can you can do whatever you want. I mean, the thing's massive. <laughs> you can't miss it. Yeah, <laughs> you can't miss it. No. <laughs> um. So Elaine, when we had uh, John Muse on, he was talking about everywhere he traveled, people would take a lot of pictures of him because he was like the only white person there. And I've, <laughs> I've seen on TikTok, uh, and this happens typically, anyone that isn't Chinese or Asian will draw a lot of attention. Did you get any of that while you were there? Uh, yeah, but not so more so the blonde girls for sure. Like they were like, <laughs> people were like taking photos, like. And our rink was like a mile from the building that we lived in. Um, so we would either like ride bikes or um, some people had rollerblades. And oh, yeah, people would be like driving and like literally like full head turns, like stopping, honking. Yeah. Just causing accidents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally causing accidents to, to witness this. So. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I do want to question your, your little, uh, you kind of code switched on us. You gave us 10 kilometers when you were hiking and then you talked about a mile. That's I did. That's interesting because it was exactly one mile. So it was okay. just easier to say a mile than like <laughs> one point. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, oh, so basically I wanted to get into your run and, dig a little bit more about the Toronto Sixes and how that team felt as you guys went in, uh, you know, your cup championship, because the one thing you, you find from every hockey team is things are going right. Team like team chem is unbelievable. Uh, at what point did you guys know that you had something going there? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I think I think all year we we knew we had it, but there's obviously like you guys all know there's ups and downs through a season, like whatever Slumps. it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things go. You know, you get maybe your team gets hot and you're winning, and then you lose a game, and everyone. It's easier for everyone to kind of be like, you know, in a good mood when when things are going well. Um, but honestly, like all year, I especially because the season before that we had such a, we had such a strong year and just came up a bit short um, in the playoffs. And at that time, it was like a single game knockout. So, and a bunch of us were sick. So anyway, you fly we flew down to Tampa and you lose in one game and then your season's over. Um, where this year we we knew we had like a similar core back, uh, but then they changed the structure of the playoffs to best two out of three for the first round. So um, that helped. But honestly, the, the so the weekend before uh, the finals we had, we hosted Connecticut um, and it was the best two out of three. Um, so a bunch of the girls um, all stayed downtown. And I think that weekend really, I was like, okay, we can, you know, we can, we can do this. The girls all came together and it was just fun to, to have everyone in the hotel and, um, close. So, yeah, and that definitely changes the vibe. Like coming back, falling short last year, and knowing that one, one, the format changed, but two, having everybody around and everyone being a little bit hungry, a little bit of chip on your shoulder, that changes the whole dynamic, right? Yeah. And actually, even like two seasons ago, so like the first year of the Toronto Six, we also lost in the first playoff game, and it was a one game knockout then, too. So, it was kind of built up for like a lot of us returning players where we were kind of like, okay, we know we have the talent and everything we need in the locker room, but we've just come up short. So I think in my head, I knew it was just a matter of time before, before things clicked. For sure. Um, going into that last game, kind of run us through those last few minutes there. How'd that feel? Yeah, it was, I'm not going to lie, whenever it's a one, so then the final, here we go back, it was a one game. So it's like anything can happen in one game, right? Like where a series is kind of like, okay, even if something doesn't go well, you can, you know, you have time to fix it or adjust. And so again, one game. So I definitely, you know, I definitely felt that. Um, but I think we tied it up with like 10 minutes left or something like that. Yep. Uh, Cause we was two, two going into the third and then they got a quick power play goal at the beginning of the third. And I remember just being like, we're going to take a real quick break from the show to talk about one of our presenting uh, sponsors here. And that is easy crease. Take your goaltending development to the next level by giving your goalies a crease every drill as they should have. I'm sure you remember when you were a kid and you're doing half ice stuff and you have no idea where you're at. You're lost. No man's land. Wrong turn at Albuquerque, you know, stuff like that. Easy crease quickly and easily gives goalies a crease anywhere on the ice. It works great for small area games, goalie clinics, or just anytime your goalie doesn't have a crease. Be sure to order now at www.easycrease.com, spelled exactly how it sounds, or check them out on Amazon. Back to the show. Oh my gosh. I, I was just like, you know, the, you, you don't know if you're ever going to get back in a position like that to win. Um, so I just remember being like, make the next save, make the next save. And then we tied it up with like 10 minutes left. And then once we went into overtime, we had been practicing overtime a ton. Um, so it's like three on three, which is just crazy too, because to end the, the final yeah, game. What but, a way to finish it. Yeah. Three on three in overtime. Yeah. Three on three in overtime. And 
we had gone to overtime the weekend before in our game two against Connecticut, and we we were just dominating in overtime. We were practicing it, practice like getting our changes down, um, and like kind of because like right like obviously like when you watch NHL, they're like possessing the puck, and they're not just like you're not throwing it away, you're not dumping it. So it's like you're kind of regrouping back, um, and then getting you know changing out your players and whatever. But we were like working on it in practice too a lot. Um, so I definitely think that helped us because we, once we went into overtime, I was like, all right, we're, we got this. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and it is interesting. I mean, like Connor said there, to like finish out your season on a three on three is tough. I mean, it's from a fan point of view, like it's a lot of fun to watch because you get those fast breaks. There's a lot of odd mans. It's a two on one. Maybe it's a one on over rush and like you get a breakaway and things like that. So it's a lot of fun to watch. But man, like, that's tough to play against because it's not it's hockey but like it's so different it's than, different well, it's so different yeah. look as a goalie that is a nightmare one it's overtime oh. two it's three on three <laughs> and it, this is this is gonna make or break a championship and like yeah there can't be any more pressure on a three on three championship situation in overtime no than, and i like, and it, if no. you asked me to come play three on three now, I'd be like, no like chance. in the summer, I'd be like, no chance. I am not signing up for three on three. Like no. people are like, oh, come out and play. I'm like, no, I'm not no. signing up for that. That's like just asking to pull a groin or something. Yeah, you like, couldn't pay me enough. You no, you couldn't pay me either to go. I, even if you offered me a hundred bucks and needed a goalie, I'm saying no, I'm not playing three on three. <laughs> um, but anyways, I only had to make like I made like a cup one big save. And then a couple, I think, I don't know how many thoughts. We were dominating. Like, we were, uh, we had a couple of breakaways, and I was like, all right, someone's got to bury the puck here because this is getting out of hand. <laughs> now, this might be from my small mental goalie mind, but was there ever a time, because, like, when you watch OTs, you feel that, right? Like, there's momentum, momentum, but when I'm watching, like, you see momentum happening. You get a couple breaks, a couple breakaways. Like, okay, we're gonna finish one. But in my mind, all I'm thinking is like, they're just gonna get one chance. Puck's gonna like bounce off the glass. Someone's gonna take a breakaway. Were you ever waiting for that and thinking like, oh yeah, shit? Yeah, oh, hundred percent, I was. And that's literally what happened. I saw it developing in the neutral zone, and like, yep, one of your players goes for a change when they shouldn't because I'm seeing you're seeing the ice like this way, and you're like, okay, that girl just went off, and now, now we're outnumbered. And yeah, a girl came, one of their, she's pretty quick. She came, um, she came down the right side and, and beat our, I was probably a forward trying to back check, beat her around. <laughs> the keyword and then, trying. <laughs> trying. Well, then the players are dead too, right? You get stuck out there and everyone's like, looks like yeah, they're three on three piano. hockey. Like, th- yeah. we're still talking about three on three. Three here. on three, yes. So Brutal. she comes buzzing around. And I remember, she was a righty and I thought, okay, like she should shoot. Cause our player's going to like close her out. Right. Oh no. She cut, like she came in and cut all the way in front of the neck. And I remember I was like, I'm screwed. And I just stuck my leg out and I took her out. Like just, <laughs> I don't think I got the puck. She went flying. Um, and then I was like, okay. Cause yeah, you're always like, I got to make a big save here because that goalie's stopping a bunch. And then like you said, they're going to be coming down this way. So it's kind of just like, okay, make the last save. No then- penalty on the play. No penalty. I mean, no, that to see me it. is unbelievable. <laughs> three on <laughs> three hockey, blatant trip coming across well, the crease. It's kind of like championship game, like no save. penalty call. No it penalty. Kinda, it, it, listen, it kind of looks like a save because she, like, she kind of just like skated right, like, through me. I don't know. I was like, okay, well, at this point, you're going to burn by me and have a wide open net. So I just kind of went, took her out. Put it on the stat sheet. Sweet, Sweet flag. Sweet flag. 
Um, sweep the leg. Uh, so next up, this is obviously a hot topic. June 30th, 2023, just this past summer. You know, uh, big changes in women's hockey, professional hockey, which is very, very exciting because like we were kind of me and Painter were talking about this a little bit before. And there's uh, a couple of girls I work with here and the sport of girls hockey, the like women's and girls hockey specifically is growing constantly. I think the last time I heard that number for USA hockey, like signups, girls is increasing rapidly and it's outpacing boys, which is exciting. But with this new change and the leagues combining um where are your thoughts and where are you sitting right now on is this good for it are you excited are you do you have opposite thoughts yeah so my first reaction is like eventually i think this will be a good thing mm-hmm. i don't know how when maybe like five to ten years down the road uh right so that's like the cold now version right now we really don't know anything besides i've heard rumors that there's going to be 16 um so that's that's like three in canada three in the u.s um which obviously if you do some quick math that's not many spots for a lot of women's hockey so i think i think overall getting everyone together and having all the money together is you know that makes sense um but i think i i just think I would have liked to see more teams, uh, but we'll see. Maybe, you know, again, like I said, I don't know. I don't know much of anything yet. I, I'm sure we should be hearing some more stuff coming this month. Um, the league supposed to get going in January. Um, again, I don't, and, and then, you know, our last game was in March. So it's kind of a long, it's a long off season, um, but we'll see. I think, I think once things get rolling, I think it'll be, a positive change for the game. I just, I hate to see, you know, players that are capable of playing at this level lose out on spots just because, you know, our league had seven teams and then their association had four. So you're so 11 and then you're cutting it down to six um, plus players graduating from college. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how, how all that works out. But overall, I'm, you know, I'm optimistic and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I just, want, I just want to play games. That's it. <laughs> 100%. I think the interesting part is you, you hit it on the head. I think five to 10 years from now, uh, ideally, everything succeeds. There's growth, more teams, but you, we have to start somewhere, right? And unfortunately, that's that's their supposed number right now. But yeah, as more teams pop up and the sport continues to grow and flourish right now, you know, unfortunately, some people have to take, you know, they got to lay the bricks, right? And set up the pathway. Yeah. And that's what's hard because, you know, I feel like we've all we've been doing is laying bricks like yeah. the past, you know, so that's what's hard. Um, but like I said, we don't you got to be patient and and let things work out. But like, you know, to be part of like the CWHL folding and then and then this like it's just, you know, it's a lot of change. Like overall, I think it will be good for the game. But um, I, I think that will take a few years for sure to to kind of fully pan out to, to what the league should look like. Absolutely. Cause the back when uh, Kim Sass has retired since retired. Uh, but I was talking to her, we were working on equipment stuff back when she was with the NWHL and then she went to the association and uh, just learning from her standpoint, <clears throat> excuse me, was the association and everyone was trying to meet in the middle to put 
players in these leagues as athletes in a position where you didn't have to work because you talked about in your first your first year i mean it was kind of you're trying to be a cpa and be a big time and everything and you know do education and stuff but uh when you were playing in the cwhl were you working and then covering your own training because that's one of the things kim said she's like so i have to go work you know whatever job it is nine to five or whatever i have to go work and then after work i have to leave i have to go do training i have to do treatment so whether you're seeing a masseuse getting stretched out all things that other you know pro athletes uh, get where they show up to their facilities, they do a morning skate, they do treatment, they do workout, and then they leave. Where yeah. back when she was in the, the NWHL, it was paying for your own gym, paying for your own trainer, paying for all that stuff on your own, and then finding time to do it on top of working so you could survive. Yeah, that's accurate. I think the game was there at one point. Last year, you definitely didn't need to have another job. We had full okay. benefits. Um, we practiced and trained at, you know, at the range. Um, things were definitely trending upwards. And that's like, I was super, super happy to be part of the PHF. I liked what we were building. Um, I did work full time, um, my whole time with the Toronto Six. Uh, it was a lot. I mean, I would, we would be up at like, um, 5.30. I would lift from 6.30 to 7.30 at the rink. We would practice from 8 to 9.30. And then I would rush home, eat, uh, work from 11 to 7, make dinner, and then go to bed. So that was kind of my schedule the last like year. Um, and then obviously Fridays we would travel, uh, come on Sunday, Monday would be off. Um, so it was a lot. Um, I actually quit my job June 15th. Uh, I'd signed <laughs> like a big contract to play for the six for the next two years. So um, I don't know, that made it tougher too, right? Because all our contracts just got voided all overnight. Um, and then you're kind of left with nothing, you, you know, no job and no no contract. So uh, that made it hard. Um, but I've kind of just taken the time to, you know, I tr- I'm training hard skating and, and just kind of reflecting on like, okay, what, you know, what's my next move going to be after hockey and not just kind of jumping right back into the job I had. Um, but yeah, a lot of unknowns right now, which, which does make it difficult. Well, Elaine, you sure. and I chatted about this um, multiple times and in pretty extensive detail, but I mean, there are some situations in with players in your league where you were extended contracts, you got your contracts, you quit your jobs. Again, we're not going to throw any names out there, but there were some individuals that used that contract in order to further develop and benefit their lifestyle and to get those contracts voided overnight. Now there's yeah. people stuck with massive amounts of debts and financial uh, discomfort, if you want to call it. Yeah, absolutely. I do definitely know stories of girls that had, you know, signed leases for the next, you know, I'm not going to lie. I don't necessarily, you know, well, I'll just say it for the people that maybe bought cars with money they didn't have, you know, maybe not the smartest decision, but as a CPA, <laughs> as a CPA, yeah, I know yeah. I'm biased, right? Like I, just, I see it and I'm like, I yeah. see it and I'm like, all right, this is, you know, I feel for you, but maybe let's Sick talk whip, about but... your spending habits. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, like I had people that were like just about to sign leases and there was people that did sign leases. And it's like, I mean, I hope they can get out of those. Like say you were going to play in Connecticut and it's like, you sign a, 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 a year lease. Like, I don't know how easy it is to get out of that. 
because um, then overnight you're like, oh, I'm not actually moving to Connecticut anymore or Boston or like whatever it was. Um, so yeah, it definitely put a lot of people in, people would like, you know, it was June and people were at the end of August. So you're talking like, and you know, a month and a half, two months later, getting ready to pick up and move to these new cities. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute, that's not happening anymore. Um, so, ballpark, like how many spots were there? And now it's going, I mean, you said six, six teams probably and 20, 25 girls a team. That's like what 120 130 ish yeah and then we had there was seven teams of or sorry 11 teams of of girls i mean obviously you know maybe not everyone was maybe at the the level but like it's still you're dropping almost half the amount of teams. yeah look there's a lot of players out there that are going to be out of work yeah, exactly. They're gonna have to call it a career early, like it's. And those some of those players might have just quit their career because they had this new, like you know, we're talking like six figure deals for women's hockey, like that's that's unheard of. Um, yeah. to just kind of so people were, you know, I'm not saying you're getting rich overnight or anything, but it's definitely enough money to you know Good. to not be working anymore. So. Well, you could focus on hockey as you should, right? As a profession. Yeah. Yeah, but actually, I will, you know, I, I don't get me wrong. I did overwork myself last year, but I think it helped having something else other than just hockey to do. Yeah. Not that I would want to be working eight-hour days, but no. I do think that it's nice, and I don't, because when you're thinking that's the worst possible thing on the ice. So if you're busy and keeping yourself busy, it's like there's no thinking. You're just kind of grinding through. But anyways. Well, that is the thing too, because in, and I don't think like the average fan doesn't realize this. There's like, when you get into pro hockey, there's a lot of downtime. Like you came from NCAA where like, wake up, work out, go to class, come back, skate, eat, maybe do like a lift or get treatment, go back to class, some sort of night bullshit class. And then, well, not for you, obviously you were probably doing something <laughs> oh, smart. Oh, there's still bullshit classes. <laughs> Unlike me <laughs> taking bowling. Um, you didn't take bowling. <laughs> yeah. Last, uh, my last semester of school, I need two more credits. I was you know, I took all my cores and I needed two credits, which meant I could have taken a real like three credit course and I would have paid an extra one. But because I'm a man of, you know, finance, I wasn't going to pay yeah, an extra credit hour. Money. So I took yeah. bowling and ice hockey too. So crush. Okay. Bowling. I think, I think that's a good, I think that's a good decision. <laughs> I, I got hey, those are don't, GPA. <laughs> we'll GPA, GPA boosters, baby. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> anyways, but yeah, like there's some downtime. So, you know, it is, you you got your degree and you're able to work, but ideally in a good situation, like you said, you're making six figures in professional women's hockey and you can focus on just being the best athlete. Just yes. focus on making sure that every time you step on the ice, you're mint, you're ready to go. So Exactly, yeah. Um, maybe this is a question I we can or can't ask. You can tell me, but were you guys involved? Did, was this kind of dropped on you like a surprise on the day that press release came out or did the league say, Hey, this is coming. This is, we're in talks. This is possible. Or is that a question that we gotta, we can't really. Oh no, it was absolutely just kind of a, a bomb. Yeah. Surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like find out you're getting traded over Twitter. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. yeah. Can't, look, I can't imagine you can maybe elaborate on this a little bit, but big contract. Okay. Things are looking great. You guys have, I'm not going to tell you a full NHL schedule, but you're starting to, you know, 
move, like you said, move in the right direction. <laughs> and within minutes, everything just gets like snatched completely out of everybody's hands. Like I can't imagine. Yeah. And like to think about the things that like I've been on the six since the team started in 2020. And just like to think that like these things just no longer exist. It definitely takes some time to process. Um, but again, hopefully in the long run, it all is. I'm hopeful it's going to be better than it was. Um, but yeah, I'd be lying if I said kind of these growing pains aren't, aren't difficult for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, like you said, I think the ones that go through it have to go through the wall first, right? And then you come out a little bloodied and it's not fun. Um, so it'll be, I guess, yeah. interesting to uh, see what happens in the future. But but hopefully, like you said, for the game itself and for the league and for the future of women's and girls' sports, this is it's going to be one of those milestones. Um, for sure. Elena, I did want to ask you, what, what do people do? Because I asked uh, Cavallini this before. What do people need to do? to better support women's hockey or women's sports in general, because you're on the inside. So like you get to see it, you know what it's like, you know what it's needing. Where do you think they, people can do, or even maybe what the leagues need to do, whether it's more social media coverage, whether it's more TV press or something like that. What do you think are the steps that help establish you guys and establish the league and the girls better? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a loaded question. Like, yeah, I was and it's say, kind sorry. of the, the mil- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's like the million dollar question. Um, but as a business person myself, it's something I've kind of thought about, but then I'm like, okay, just stay in your lane. You're still playing. So don't get wrapped up in, in that side of it. But, you know, I think, I, I, I think coming like supporting, you know, coming out, out to the game. So that's only a fraction of it because we know like we can do some quick math that whatever the ticket price is times, however many pieces there are, isn't going to, um, you know, make the, the league profitable. So I, I, I think we just need the right people in the right seats in in the business, like in in upper management um, that are working on sponsorships, working on all those things behind the scenes to, to pull money in. Um, and then, like you said, social media outreach, like all those things are huge. Um, I'm not good with social media, but I know a lot of people like can, you know, they, they make those accounts crazy and like the dollar values tied to the Instagram accounts and all that are just like through the roof. So Again, just having the right people, recruiting the right person for for the job, and and making sure that they're they're doing what they need to be doing. Um, I think it's huge having business people involved. Um, but yeah, just supporting, like yeah, buying tickets if if you want to come out to a game. But besides that, it's like we need we need good business leaders that are kind of running the ship. Yeah, I I do have a question here now because. I understand we want to be in hockey markets. Like, I think that it totally makes sense because that's where Boston, Toronto, Connecticut, like hockey exists and hockey, there are hockey fans. Would you ever think that different markets in different cities should be looked at where you could possibly draw, where there's a little bit less hockey, where people could see live games? You know what I mean? hundred percent. Yeah. I think like I would be the first to admit, like, I don't know whether having a, a women's pro team in Toronto right now is necessarily you know, that probably wouldn't be my first choice. Um, mm-hmm. Just because there's so much going on and like the, the city's crazy. Like if you pull the team out into somewhere like, you know, a Hamilton or Brantford, London, like out there, it's like, you know, people are going to go like, even like, look at the, like, I don't, 
even OHL teams that are up, there's OHL teams that are in those areas in the city that don't like do near as well as, as some of the other clubs where it's like, no, that's what, if people are going and looking for something to do on a Friday or Saturday night, like they're going to those games where in Toronto, I don't necessarily think you get that so much. It's almost like too big. Yeah. Um, well, look, maybe- in, in Toronto, there's way too many high-end sport teams and there's only so many days in a week where like yeah people playing at one time like yeah and then i mean friday saturday sunday there's just not there's not enough time in the day to go watch everybody and honestly let's just even if you live in toronto and you want to take your kid to a game or whatever like i don't even care you could just it's 45 50 minutes even if you live in the city to get anywhere so it's like it's not like it's a quick like hey we're gonna drive you know 20 minutes park our car and it's just it's a whole day thing so I don't know. That's my my two cents. But I think eventually a team there could be successful. But I think it might be hard to kind of build a brand in a in a city where it's already so heavily driven by other sports and other activities. Yep. Yeah, because that's the way I kind of looked at like, <clears throat> excuse me, junior hockey and OHL. Like I I see more like USHL and NAL. So they're in like off markets, Texas, out way out Midwest, out in the middle of bumblefuck Omaha, Nebraska. But uh, <laughs> painter, um, but <clears throat> like Minnesota, you think about the wild are there and the amount of well, there's junior hockey, but they never draw and they it, depending on the city, it's tough to succeed. But high school hockey for girls and boys is huge. You'll get yeah. a lot more families, local like the communities they get behind those teams. Yes. So you're seeing them on a Friday. It's probably tough to go on a Saturday if the kids are playing Saturday to then go catch a pro hockey game. Exactly. Uh, to watch the Whitecaps play the Whale or whoever's in town, right? 100%. That was and even a question. Like, I would, even, like, myself playing in Stony Creek, like, so I was driving an hour from home, and then, like, the last thing my parents are going to want to do, or myself as the athlete, is, you know, drive on to Toronto to, to watch a game Saturday night, and then me have another game Sunday back in Stony Creek. Like, it just, it, yeah. So I don't know how to navigate that exactly, but I, I think there's, I think there's probably some, some things that we could do about it to make it, make it easier for sure. But at the same time, Toronto is a different beast. I don't know what the freeway is, but man, driving out there, Connor, is that, is that the Queen something? Four hundred one. Just forget it. Yeah. Is a <laughs> shit show. So not only is it hard to get in Toronto, but man, that four hundred one from Hamilton to Toronto is not easy. Uh, no, it's like, you might as well just not. Honestly, if I, I took the 407 to to our rink, luckily the 407 runs up north of the city and our rink was up there. I mean, it cost probably three, four grand for the season to do it, but I was like, I'm not sitting in, in this traffic. Like, I don't even, until you experience it, I I think it's honestly the worst in the entire world. That is a fact. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man, it was just like when Connor and I were driving back from Buffalo. We got off the freeway and we took the middle of nowhere. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, we were trying to take the 401 back to get to London and that was a disaster. And even the off-roads were bad. So uh yeah, Canada's got other issues. Um something too that I was curious about. This happened a while back, but there was the possibility and you being at UConn, you you might have got more familiar with Barstool when you were at UConn. Is that fair to say, or maybe not? Oh, yeah. I mean, I little bit. Okay. I didn't follow uh, it closely, but. So there was that point in time where Nardini, the CEO, wanted to, she, I forget how, but she came kind of 
I don't know if I can say heavily, but she was very invested in women's hockey and trying to find a way to grow it and stuff like that. I know that got kind of nixed and that got shut down pretty quick. Was there ever an idea where that would have made sense in terms of like marketing and Barstool trying to get on board or was it better the route that this went? Yeah, that's a good question. I honestly, that whole Barstool thing was coming out when like 2021 and I, I honestly didn't even really pay attention. So I feel like I can't really answer that question appropriately because I, I really don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Coming out of that, I mean, COVID and everything was kind of a disaster, but yeah, it was just, uh, everything was all over the place. So it was, it, it did definitely cause some drama, but I kind of, I kind of stay out of it. Putting it lightly. And then I remember when Twitter blew up about, yes. like, it was at the end of at that time. And there were quote unquote, like, I don't think they were actual journalists, but they were, you know, Twitter bio said journalists. There was a lot of fun stuff going on. So yeah, so, yeah I wasn't involved I in like, any of it. Yeah. I feel like that situation only added fuel to the fire for the whole PHF and like restructuring of that whole. Yeah. League. But um, Connor, Moiser, you guys got anything else? Uh, look, I wanted to maybe touch on Elaine's been in a very perspective or unique perspective with women's hockey and that in general. Like, if you could maybe walk the fellas through just the actual journey of women's pro hockey and like all the different leagues that have been created, used, established, rewritten, like just kind of give them a Coles Notes version of where women's pro hockey has been. And, and I mean, we've yeah. touched on where it's going, but I don't think that we quite have established where it's been at. Yeah. So it's actually funny because what day was that? Connor, I don't even know what day you texted me and said, Hey, can you like, give me the rundown? Yeah. So I, I called you, gave you the rundown. And literally I think the day after or two days later is when everything just blew up. So this is but anyway. fault. Yeah, this yeah, is I think it might not be put that on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So ever since I got out of school, they had the, um, I mean, Evan hit it pretty, pretty good, but they had the, uh, or not Evan, sorry. Um, they had the, the Canadian Women's Hockey League and the National Women's Hockey League so when I graduated from school. And then the Canadian Women's Hockey League folded in 2019 and the, Professional Women's Hockey Player Association formed. Um, those players were they they created this this association where the players could play that didn't want to go back and join the National Women's Hockey League. There were some issues with it. A lot of players in the National Women's Hockey League where they had had their funding cut in their in a previous season and a bunch of other reasons. But players weren't necessarily warm and fuzzy about jumping back into the NWHL um, when the CWHL folded. So that's kind now, of what started. Now, started time out the, for a sec. How long was the NWHL and the CWHL around? So the NWHL, the first season, I believe, was 2015, 2016. Um, and they were the first league that was, like, paying players. Um, the CWHL has been around for a long time. Um, 2007. Back in the 2000s, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so players weren't too, too warm and fuzzy about joining the NWHL. So it was kind of, that started the split really in 2019. And then, um, here we are today, like four years later and the National Women's Hockey League 
was renamed to the Premier Hockey Federation, um, which was its most recent version that uh, just got bought out. Um, and then, yeah, the, the PWHPA kind of continued operating um, in more of a showcase uh, format um, for the last four years. So that's kind of a quick, quick cold note version. Real quick. Uh, so the first senior women's league was going to be established in 2007, but the CWHL wasn't fully founded until 2014. But the start of women's like professional hockey and having a, a league to play in uh, was established in 07. What is Cole's notes real quick? Uh, did we notes? just stumble? Did we just stumble upon a Canadian night? Like, yeah, the that's Canadian American idiom. difference here. You yeah. guys have no idea what Cole's notes is. No, it's it's Spark what? Notes. I thought it was Cliff's. Spark Notes, Cliff Notes, all the same thing. Interesting. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I agree with that statement. All the same thing, but we'll let it slide. All right, fair. <laughs> Anything else, Connor? I, I gotta know. I asked this with every championship team. Who was the glue girl? I guess in this situation, on the team. Who was the, who was the glue? Who kept the team together here? Oh boy, that's a good question. There's always one quote unquote jokester or like bonehead on the team that's just keeps the team at an all time. Let me, yeah. We had a couple. Uh, well, I gotta, I gotta give it out to Lexi Templeman. She super solid player. Uh, didn't necessarily get the ice time she wanted, but always came with like such a positive attitude and was just always not a not a bonehead at all. Um, she's also she was also working at an accounting firm this past season, but she just kind of she just always had a positive attitude. So it was good for the girls who weren't playing and good for the girls that were playing appreciated it. Um, so not necessarily a big jokester, but just always had the same energy every time. So I would have to go with her. Love it. Good answer. Wow, she went from Bobby Moe and then won with LSU. Yes. Go solid, Bart. solid player. But then she took a role, you know, a role on our team that maybe, you know, was maybe hard, like more difficult. She wasn't, and she owned it, and she still scored goals for us. And, you know, every time she went out on that ice, you knew you were getting 110%. So, you, so this is, I don't know if this is a stupid question or not, but do you guys like, do you guys have like nicknames? Like what would your name be? Cause you have a, you have a great last name for like, like I feel like if I, if you were on my team, I'd just call you truly. Like it's a good last name for that. Yeah, it is. So do you yeah. like when you walk into locker rooms, everyone say like, what's up tools? Like what's up truly? Like, yeah, truly tools, chew, chew, chew. Yeah. Choo, I get... That might be a choo, new one. Choo, choo, choo <laughs> yeah. might be the one. Yeah. Choo, choo. And then it always ends up with the train emoji. So yeah, that's the best. Sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you get an emoji, you know you're the real deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hey, all, like the Vaughn, said, all the Vaughn fans out there, keep your eyes peeled for Choo Choo's gear coming up in the season. We're putting an emoji on it. It's final. <laughs> I'm doing it. Okay, sure. Let's do We're it. Doing it. <laughs> that's so funny. Um. Last question, and I think you got to, you know, that I got to ask about this. How incredible is uh, Carly Jackson's hair? Oh, yeah. 10 out of 10. Love it. <laughs> Just the flow with the, yeah. What do, you, what do we call They're not racing stripes, the steps, the levels. Yeah, she's on got the side. like the things on the side. Yeah, the, the blonde mullet 
I think <laughs> she might. I don't. Stripes. I don't know if it's blonde anymore, though. Um, I think she, but it was you know bleach, blonde, white, whatever color, all season. Definitely ten out of ten. I just remember. I forgot what she got. If it was the new chest protector or something, but she did the little hair, the flow oh, show, yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. Well, do you have any questions for us, Choo Choo? No, your Choo name's Choo. Evan too, right? I'm Everett with one Everett, team. Everett, bomb so many, something, bomb. so many E's on here. <laughs> Boomerito, well, Boomerito. So many E's. No, it's not. It's not boom. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> No, okay, the one time Painter boomer. called me Boomer because sometimes they oh, call me Boomer. Bomber. It's Bomberito. It's Boomer. <laughs> Delco. Everett, that's right. Everett Bomberito. So, um, we never worked together, though. I always worked with Scott. Yeah. Scotty. Or did we? Maybe once. I feel like I've met you before, but anyways. No, you'd, you'd remember because it would have been a disaster. But yeah, you dealt with Scotty. So. <laughs> yeah, I did deal with Scotty. <laughs> yeah, Scotty runs UConn. Um, but no, you, I, cause you, well, I don't know if you still skate there, but you skated, I know, out of the same training f- facility. I can't remember the goalie coach's name with uh, Jamie Phillips, right? I did for a summer, yes. Okay. Yeah, Bou- I'm not there anymore. Bougeon, Bougeon. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm not, I'm at Granger goaltending. Granger, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Very right cool. Now. Also, Chules, I got another question. Um, how many stoplights does your town have? Holy uh, Christ. Waterford one, and they yeah. just added a second, so two. <laughs> Good question. Huge deal. Huge deal. Tim yeah, up in arms. Tim Hortons only when I was in grade eleven. That's when it came to Waterford. Oh man, what a town, eh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, where's Lion from? Yeah, we had Alex Lion on before, and he's from Baudet, Baudet, sorry, Baudet, Minnesota. And he always calls that it's a one light town. He don't he doesn't even think they had a light when he was growing up. They had a stop sign. It was a four way yeah. stop. So, <laughs> but yeah, when I looked up uh, Waterford, Ontario, on the map, I'm like, oh, that doesn't look very big. No, it's like three. Well, it's growing now, but um, there's like three thousand people in it when I when I grew up. So yeah, you blink and you miss it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everybody knows everybody. That's yeah, it. exactly. All right. Well, very All right, cool. cool, Elaine. I. Thank you so much for taking the time. Um, if there's anything you need out of me, Connor, Moiser, Painter here, you let us know. But we're excited to see what happens. I'm hoping, I'm praying, I got my fingers crossed. You have some good news here in the coming weeks. And um, Yeah, know, thank you. I appreciate that. Hopefully nice everything in this all. deal pans out, you know, how we all want it to, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you soon and good luck and keep training. And we'll uh, we'll see you soon, all right? Yeah, will do. Thank you. Thanks, guys.